Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio, featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew. Today, Pastor Matthew continues his series in the Gospel of Matthew with his sermon entitled, God is Able, preached on January 3rd, 1996. I want to uh, give you some scriptures which uh, will reveal that God is able to save you, help you, guide you, lead you. Christianity is the opposite of self-help. If you are interested in self-help, go someplace else. Uh, Christianity is the opposite of what? Self-help. Christianity is God helping us. That's what Christianity is. God helping us. God is able. So I want to uh, give you some scriptures that you can memorize and uh, meditate upon so that you will trust in God who is able to help you this year and all the years to come. Remember, uh, uh, in the book of Job, you read that Satan was guaranteeing God that Job, whom God said was perfect, one who feared God and what? Shunned evil. You see, that's what Christianity is. Fearing God and what? Shunning evil. You must have that in balance. If anybody professes himself to be a Christian, uh, says he fears God, but he refuses to shun evil, he's a phony. He's like that fig tree with full of leaves, but not even one fruit for Christ. But Job was perfect, God said, blameless, feared God and shunned evil. But Satan said, no, he's going to curse you. If only we could remove from him all the blessings that you give to him. Get rid of his uh, possessions and destroy his children. Yes, go ahead and do that. And, and what happened? He did not curse. He blessed the Lord. <laughs> you see, it is not that Job was so great that he did not curse God but blessed him. God made him do so. And this is the big issue. God is saying that I will take a bunch of sinners from multitude of sinners and I will cause them to serve me, to worship me and praise me and love me and do my will. Satan would say, no, it's not going to happen. But it is happening. There is always a church who, which will be enabled by God 100% to love God, to worship God. Whether you are part of it or not, God has a church. It is the salt of the earth. It is the light of the world. Church is the company of those who are called out from 
the world of sinners to be a bride of Christ. A church which is recreated in the image and likeness of God. So salvation is God's business and God is able to do this by grace. God is able to make me do his will on my own volition. This is the work of God. And if that is not happening to you, then you must question your salvation. But those whom God saves will live for God. That's the way it is. First thing we need to notice is Matthew 9 and verse 28 that speaks about the ability of God. Those who come to God must believe what God is and is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. In other words, those who come to God must believe in his existence as infinite personality. Self-existing, self-sufficient, eternal, almighty, omniscient, supreme, sovereign God who created the universe maintains it. So notice in Matthew 9, a couple of blind people came to Jesus and they said, have mercy on us, son of David. Verse 28, when he had gone indoors, the blind men came to him and he asked them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? That's a question. In other words, do you really believe who I am and what I am able to do? Do you really believe that I am able to save you? That's a question, isn't it? And if you are a Christian, then you must understand this. You must understand who Jesus Christ is all about. The eternal God who took upon himself sinless human nature. God sent his son in the likeness of sinful flesh in behalf of sin. His name is Jesus for he shall save his people from their sins. People must understand who Christ is. Must be, must show intelligence. Do you believe that I'm able to save you? The Philippian jailer called out, What must I do to be saved? The answer was given. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Completely. Yes, those who come to him must believe that he is And he is a savior. And when Jesus Christ saves you. He saves you. And causes you to be the salt of the earth. To be the light of the world. To be separate from the world. Not a half-hearted Christianity. Not loving sin and loving Jesus. It doesn't work that way. The church is glorious. So that is something we need to understand. Do you understand Christ Jesus, your Savior? 
Do you believe he is able to save you? Not in your sins, but from your sins. That he is able to keep you from falling. That he is able to present you before God without fault and great joy. Do you believe that I am able to give you sight? And what did they say? Yes, Lord. Notice it says, Then he touched their eyes and said, According to your faith, will it be done to you? And their sight was restored. That's a picture of salvation. And I said to you, if you are not a Christian, I said to you, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Because he is able to save you. Not that you can save yourself, some self-help stupidity. Or a little bit of Jesus and a little bit of you together doing it. No! He does it completely and totally. He's a savior. So that's the first thing. Number two, Acts chapter 20 and verse 32. What should be our attitude toward the scripture? And I already touched on this. Paul is speaking to the elders of Ephesus. Now I commit you to God and to the word of his grace. That's the gospel. That's the scriptures. Word of his grace, which is able to build you up. You know, people run around, <laughs> frazzled and fractured and confused and, and miserable and, and anxious and worried and angry and frustrated. It is a life of poverty of grace, isn't it? Such a person is declaring and demonstrating to all people that I did not eat the word of his grace means the word that gives you grace. What is grace? God's riches at Christ's expense. Unmerited favor. Divine ability given to people who have no ability. Divine favor shown to people who merited hell and wrath of God. Word of his grace, he says, I commit you to the gospel. Word of his grace, the word that gives you grace moment by moment. The word that will, when you eat, nourishes you and causes you to be strong in the world, to resist sin and Satan and everything else and cause you to walk a Christian walk. I give you God and then I commit you to his word of grace, which is able to what? Build you up. And we are busy. Another year has been granted to us and we are busy. Yes, we are busy. We will do everything else as required. But we do not want to appropriate this word of his grace. Therefore, we are not strong. We are weak and angry and frustrated and anxious and worried and frazzled and fractured. 
Now, sister, brother, your problem is you treat my God with contempt and his word with contempt. Deuteronomy 8 verse 3 tells us, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. He is given to us this word, that we may eat them, that we may believe the word of God, that we may do the word of God. If you hear and do these things, you'll be like a wise person who built his house upon a rock strong immobile praise God for for the Bible when Paul spoke to these elders they only had the Old Testament Timothy's mother and grandmother taught him about the Old Testament and Paul says that scripture is able to make you what wise unto salvation through faith in Jesus Christ The Old Testament is speaking about Jesus Christ and salvation by Jesus Christ. So there you have the scripture that is able. You are unable, you are weak, you are miserable, you are wretched, but God is committing you his scripture which is able to build you up, to edify you, to strengthen you, food for the soul when received and acted upon. The gospel of his grace. The gospel of his grace. You know, that's why you get up early and turn the television and everything else off. Absolutely nothing should be on when you read the word of God because you are giving full and complete attention. You are loving God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. You are serving him with all your strength. And you are listening to God and God speaks to you. And you are built up. You are edified. You ate the word of God. You are nourished. You are strong to resist the devil that day. And he will flee from you. You are not going to manufacture your own word. You resist him by the use of this word of grace. And number three. Romans chapter 4 and verse 21. Let me read to you from verse 20. Yet he did not waver through unbelief. Regarding the promise of God. But was strengthened in his faith. And gave glory to God being fully persuaded. That God had the power to do what he had promised. In other words that God is able to do what he has promised. You know every promise. Multitudes of them are made in the Bible by God. But every promise is true. God fulfills every promise he has made in his word. Abraham believed that promise. He did not waver through unbelief, but he was made strong. As he believed in the promise of God, because he knew the one who promised it, he is able to perform it. That's why he sacrificed his son. He knew that out of the ashes... God is able to provide him Isaac resurrected from the ashes. 
That's the faith that is required of a true Christian. And if you are a Christian fully converted, born from above, you will accept the word of God and, and his promises are sure and certain. There is no if about it. There is no but about it. It is the very word of God. The eternal God made you a promise. And he will keep that promise. Let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 1. And uh, verse 20 we read this. For no matter how many promises God has made... And he has made many, 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 many promises in his word. But Paul says, for no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. You see, the proof that God keeps his promises is Christ. Every promise God has ever made is fulfilled in Jesus Christ. The seed of the woman will crush the head of the serpent and in the fullness of time he sent his own son born of a woman born under the law in Christ every promise is fulfilled Christ is grace Christ is our salvation that's why when we pray we must pray in the name of Jesus Christ because it is through in and through him we receive answers and so, Paul says, Father's yes to all his promises is Jesus Christ. Nobody can point a finger at God and say, you have failed in your promises. He has not. He would say, I sent my son. And he is the fulfillment of all my promises. Number Four. Some people say, well, you know, I'm tempted. Life is hard. And this is a terrible world. When I go to school, I'm tempted. When I go to work, I'm tempted. When I drive, I'm tempted. I'm tempted when I go to the mall. And when I come back, I'm tempted. I'm tempted all the time. What should we do? Well, let's look at Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 18. The scripture tells us something about this problem that you are having. Hebrews 2 verse 18 says, Because he himself suffered, that's Jesus Christ speaking about his humanity. Because he himself suffered when he was tempted. He is able, notice another able, he is able to help those who are being tempted. That shuts up all our arguments. Here is a scripture that says, This Christ, this high priest, this mediator, this Jesus Christ, this Savior, himself was tempted. He became a man. He understands everything. He is able to help you in your temptation. There is no excuse that you can use and say that I was tempted. Oh no. Yes, you'll be tempted. But there is one who is able to help you in your temptation. 
There is no necessity for a Christian to sin. Let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13. It tells us very clearly. No temptation has seized you except what is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it in great victory. So God will not accept your rationale for your sin saying, I was tempted. I was tempted. I was helpless. I was being mauled and destroyed and swallowed up. Oh, he may come like a lion, Satan. He will try to swallow you. But he cannot swallow a true child of God. He is being helped by the Christ who died for him on the cross. He will assist him at the point of temptation that he may stand under it. That he may stand and not fall. That he may resist the devil successfully. That he may stand under it and praise the Lord. For God helping him in his temptation. For God making a way out for him. By granting him the sufficiency of grace. God is able So don't you go around and say, well, you know, it's a terrible world. Secularism is in ascendancy. There is so much atheism in the world. Teachers don't believe anymore in in the Bible. The marketplace uh, doesn't have any religion anymore. (laughs) So what can we do? (laughs) Oh, no, no. God is with us. Christ is for us. He has given us his word of his grace to help you. You don't have to throw your temper tantrum. You don't have to be defiant. You don't have to be arrogant. You don't have to do any of those things. If only you understand there is a God who is able to help me. All right. Number five, Romans 14, verse four. God is able to do something else here. Romans 14, verse four tells us, who are you to judge someone else's servant to his own master? He stands or falls and he will stand. Meaning what? A true Christian will stand before his master. Jesus Christ, for the Lord is able to make him stand. You see, it is not I am standing. It is God by his grace making me able to stand. Just like Job blessed the Lord in spite of all his losses. How did he do this? God enabled him. So the Lord will make you stand. If you are a true Christian, he will make you stand now and on the last day. So I'm taking all these stupid excuses from our hearts. 
They are invalid. Invalid. For the Lord is able to make him stand. Having done all to stand, Paul says. Let's turn to 16th chapter Romans and verse 25. Now to him who is able to establish you. The Greek word is terixai. From which you have steroid. That which make you strong. God is able to establish you. God is able to make you strong. In the spirit. Now to him who is able to establish you by my gospel. Well, that's wonderful. You don't have to be weak and wobbly. Somewhat unstable. Unstable equilibrium. You never know a little wind will make you fall. Hobie, you have to be careful with that sister. You know, she's very touchy. With that brother, you have to be very, very careful. Don't say anything. Because the person will fall. Oh no. A Christian is well founded. Established. Strong. Why? God is able to make him strong. That's right. It's not wobbly Christians. A lot of Christians are using Jesus Christ to become famous and healthy and economically successful. And if Christ doesn't come through with these things, we become wobbly. We become complaining and unhappy and miserable. No, we are speaking about real Christians who did not trust in Christ in order to get famous and in order to make money we trusted in Jesus Christ that he may save us that we may worship him alone that is the reason so he says now to him who is able to establish you establish you make you strong make you stand Let's turn to Jude, the 24th verse. It says, to him who is able. (laughs) To him who is able to keep you from falling. That means one who is able to keep you what? Standing. Now to him who is able to keep you from falling. And to present you before his glorious presence. And without fault and with great joy. Oh, our God is able to keep you from falling. Hallelujah. Our God is able to keep you stand every day until we arrive on that eschatological day. We will stand. If you are born of God, you will stand, you will persevere. Nobody is able to make you fall because my Christ will keep you stand. And he is going to present you to God the Father without any fault. Hallelujah. Without any fault, but what? With exceeding joy. That's what a Christian is all about. He's able. 
able to do this. I'm taking away from you all kinds of excuses for unholy living. Let's turn to Hebrews 7 and verse 25. He says here this. Therefore, he is able to save completely those who come to God through him because he always lives to intercede for them. This great high priest of indestructible life. He has finished his work of salvation. He is seated on the right hand of God the Father. He is ever living and he is always making intercession for you. He is able to save you completely. Not some kind of tentative salvation. Tentative salvation. Uh, how, about, how about today? How do you feel today? Oh, I don't know. Yesterday I thought I was saved, but I don't know about today. He's able to save you completely. Hallelujah. All right. Let's turn to the next verse, 2 Corinthians 9 and verse 8. It's an interesting verse given in the context of giving to the cause of Christ. But you see, nobody gives anything to the cause of Christ except from the abundance of his giving to us in his son Jesus Christ. And so look at verse 8. It says this, and God is able. (laughs) We are trying to prove to God that Christ is not able, grace is not able, scripture is not able. Oh no, it says, and God is able. And then he uses five times in this one verse, all, the word all. Pasan and panti, pantote, pasan, pan. All, he says, let's look at it. And God is able to make what? All grace abound to you. All grace. The multifaceted grace which we need for multifaceted needs. All of it. No trickling down, gushing, rivers of grace. God is able to bring to you. See, that takes away that stupid excuse. We used to, well, you know, I didn't go looking for a job. You know, well, I didn't. Well, you know, well, I didn't know. Well, I didn't know. Well, I I don't know. Well, I don't know why. (laughs) Oh, the multitude of excuses. And all these excuses seem to say that God is unable. But it says God is what? Able. To make all grace abound to you for the purpose. What's the purpose? So that in all things, means in all situations. We find ourselves in various situations. In all things. And then we are told always. Not even one minute in your life. You are without grace if you are a Christian. For any situation you are piloting the 747 and you are coming to land you know it needs grace isn't that true 
So to land your 747, you need grace that I don't need. I need grace for my situations. But he says, all grace abound to you in all things. Always. The moment you become a Christian, you are brought into this abundance of grace in Jesus Christ. And it is ever flowing to you. I'm the vine, you are the branches. And from the vine, the grace is coming. And it comes on to the branches. Continuously, isn't that true? It is there, brother, sister, it is there. So look at it. To make all grace abound to you, so that in all things, in all situations, at all times, Monday through Sunday, teenager, old age, doesn't matter, all times, all situations, all times, having all that you need, or having all sufficiency. (laughs) It's not a little bit. When God blesses you, he blesses with all sufficiency of grace for what purpose having all that you need you will what abound in every good work see the fig tree that that Jesus cursed didn't have any fruit at all it was all pretension all hypocrisy all using God's resources for its own benefit. But you see, we are to abound in good works. That's why God recreated us. We read about that in Ephesians chapter 2. Or let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 58. And we are told this, therefore, my dear brothers, stand firm, let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord. We are saved to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. Not to serve ourselves, to serve Jesus Christ. We are saved to serve by the use of his all-sufficient grace. What is serving? It is loving, loving God and our neighbor as ourselves. At our expense, we serve others. Lord of good works, demonstrating the whole world that I'm a Christian. Because I love God with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength. And my neighbor as myself, I'm enabled to do so by God, who is giving me abundance of grace. That is the idea. So you see, another excuse is taken away. All grace... In all situations, at all times, all that you need for the purpose that we may abound in good works, that you may have fruit and more fruit and much fruit for the glory of God the Father. And now let me show you one more verse about this Christ. 
as a warning. Matthew chapter 10 and verse 28. See, Matthew 9, 28 said, Christ is able to save. Isn't that true? Matthew 10 verse 28 tells us he is able to do something else. See, Jesus Christ is not only a savior, but he's also a judge, an able judge. Now listen to this. We read here, do not be afraid of those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather be afraid of the one who is able, that's how it is, who is able what? To destroy both soul and body in hell. Let's understand this. That this Christ who saves certain people by his grace. This Christ who causes us to stand. This God who is able to keep his promises is also one is able the same power to destroy both what soul and body in hell how many people you think would believe that that Jesus Christ is to be feared because he sends the wicked to hell that's a serious business said, do not be afraid of those who kill your body. But I'll tell you whom you should fear. Fear me, who is able to destroy. That's just a warning. But let me give you the last words, which is uh, Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20 that tells us that God is able to do something else. What is he able to do? To answer, to hear, and answer our prayer. Now, you make up your mind what you want to do this year. (laughs) I counsel you self-help if you don't want Christ. Those who are into self-help, you don't have to read the Bible, word of his grace. You don't have to do anything. You just go and get self-help. They forget about the Bible and everything you know. Yes, you want to live by psychology and you want to live by what else you want to live by. That's up to you. I want to live by grace. I want to live by Christ. I want to live by word of his grace. I want to live by the help of this mediator, this chief priest who will help me in times of temptation. But let me read this to you. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is to work within us. It means it's a God who is able to hear our prayers and answer our prayers. Isn't that true? Immeasurably more than we what? Ask or imagine. Oh, that's wonderful. That's why he doesn't answer uh, certain prayers. It is grace, isn't it? You asked for more money and you didn't get it. You asked for uh, winning the election. You didn't win the election at all. (laughs) Now, you should understand what? 
It is grace. Oh, grace. <laughs> God gives you grace. Every time you pray, he gives you grace. Gives you grace. God is able. God is able to answer your prayer. If you are born of God, then God will answer your prayer. He will help you. He will guide you in the way you ought to go according to his sovereign determination. Hallelujah. You have the freedom to pray anything you want. (laughs) But God being God, he guides you the way you ought to go. You pray for a promotion and you get demotion. (laughs) Because God knows that what you really need is a demotion. Because the demotion will bring you closer to God. Isn't that true? Oh, yes. (laughs) But isn't this wonderful that God will hear our prayers? More than all we ask or imagine. God will do it. He's able, it says. Shall we rise? Oh, God is able to save us. Do you believe that I'm able to heal you? No one receives anything from this Christ unless there is intelligent understanding concerning the person and work of Christ. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved. Oh, the scripture. I commit you to the scripture, the word of his grace, which is able to build you up. Just like food builds you up physically. 